Well, good morning. How are we doing? Good, good. You got a Bible? Go to Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter 24 is where our text will be, among many texts this morning, uh, as we continue in our series in family ties. We've been looking over the last few weeks at what the Bible has to say about the family. Every one of us is in a family, and so there's a lot that we can learn uh, about that. And so um, just a couple more weeks in this series. Uh, and so uh, this morning, our text will be Proverbs 24. We're going to move around a lot this morning. That's kind of the nature of the book of Proverbs. And so uh, this morning, I'm just going to read two verses from Proverbs 24. And so uh, you've gotten comfortable, so it gives me great joy to ask you to stand back up. <laughs> I'm a mean pastor. Um, for the honor of reading God's Word, if you're visiting with us, the reason we do this is because we believe that the Bible comes with the very Word of God with the very authority of God. And so we stand in honor of its reading. Proverbs 24, I'm just going to read verses 3 and 4. Uh, this is God's word to us this morning. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that you would teach us this morning uh, what your word has to say about the family, uh, specifically in what a wise family looks like. And so help us evaluate our relationships in our family and ask, are we approaching these wisely or foolishly? And so uh, lead us to that end, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, I'm not a uh, musician. i play around on the guitar occasionally, but I do love music. Um, I don't know if you feel this way, but music often has a way of just summarizing and putting into words what is difficult for us to often say. I mean, sometimes just one chorus or one, uh, you know, lyric from a song can really articulate what's in our heart. You know, that might be a love song, it might be a, a praise song, but a variety of different songs have a way of summarizing what we wish we could say. Uh, certainly that's true for me. Uh, there's a song uh, in my life that's been very, very meaningful to me. Uh, it's brought me through a lot uh, in my life. Uh, in fact, it's really taught me specifically how to make wise decisions. And uh, the song is so meaningful to me. I've asked the band if they would actually come back out, and they're going to help me with this song. And um, while they're setting up, uh, the song is about an older man who makes an impact in the life of a younger man. Uh, he wants to teach him and instruct him uh, how to make wise decisions. Uh, because the older man understands something. And what he understands is that if the young man is going to make it in life, uh, if he's going to survive, he's going to have to learn how to make wise decisions when you're faced with different decisions. And so there's a, a very valuable lesson that the old man wants the young man to learn, and here's what that lesson is. To surviving, it's knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. You gotta know when to hold. 
on Nowhere to walk away Nowhere to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the deal's done Come on, you know this, here we go You got to know when to hold on Know when to fold on Know when to walk away Know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the tears turn There'll be time enough for counting when the deal ends Oh yeah! Give it up! It's awesome! Great job guys. Now that song's gonna be in your head the rest of the day. And all I can say is you're welcome, right? And that's what you get when you hire a pastor who was born in Tennessee. That's right. There you go. Now, now I was actually being serious in the setup of that song that there's something about the lyrics of that song that's very helpful. And it is something that I often come back to when I think about making wise decisions. Because think about the point of that song. And no, it's not whiskey and gambling, all right? The point here is this. You've got to learn in life to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run which is exactly the entire point of the book of Proverbs. Kenny Rogers ripped off King Solomon. <laughs> when you think about the book of Proverbs, think about that song because it summarizes the essence of what it's about. Proverbs is teaching us that wisdom, it's not about having the most education. It's not about having the highest IQ. Wisdom is learning how to make the right decision at the right moment. It's being able to discern as you navigate life, that's right and that's wrong. And that's right and that's right, but that's wrong. Wisdom is a skill to be able to navigate life. That's why one of my favorite Old Testament scholars, Tremper Longman, says this about Proverbs. He says, wisdom is a skill of living. It's a practical knowledge that helps one know how to act and how to speak in different situations. Wisdom entails the ability to avoid problems and the skill to handle them when they present themselves. Proverbs attributes wisdom to a series of animals, not because they have great intelligence, but because they know how to navigate life. In other words, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You've got to learn the skill of living wisely. That's what Proverbs is about. And there are all kinds of Proverbs that relate and deal specifically to the family. 
I mean, I would encourage you sometime to just read through the book of Proverbs and note every single proverb that relates to family. And so what we're going to do this morning is study the entire book of Proverbs. I hope you brought a lunch. You might be here a while. Um, We're going to look at how Proverbs describes what a wise family looks like. It's going to be very, very challenging. So let's get to work. First is this. A wise family. What does a wise family look like? According to the book of Proverbs, a wise family is built on wisdom. A wise family is built on wisdom. That's where you have to start. You got to want wisdom. Go back to the verse we read just a few moments ago. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. There are other Proverbs like Proverbs 14.1. By the way, I'm going to be going so fast this morning. Usually I stay in one text, but there's not like here's the chapter for family in Proverbs. They're sprinkled all throughout. And so I'm going to give you some references. You just need to jot them down and then you can go back and look at them later. So Proverbs 14.1 says, the wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands, tears it down. So here's the point right here is, if you're going to be a wise family, you got to want wisdom. you got to want wisdom. Like, you got to get to that point where you say, I'm tired of being foolish. Like, I'm tired of going down the wrong direction. I'm tired of making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I want my family, I want my marriage, I want my relationship with my kids, I want my relationship with my brothers and sisters to be wise. In 1 Corinthians 11, the Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I acted like a child, but when I became an adult, I did what? I put those childish things behind me. At some point, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired of living foolishly and say, I want to build my home, to build my family on wisdom. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain fell, very appropriate text for today, when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, they beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. And then notice what he says. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Look right here. What's the difference between a foolish man, a foolish woman, a foolish family, and a wise one? Well, one's in church and the other one isn't. No. One is reading their Bible daily and the other one's not. Wrong. Although we advocate those things, those are good things. What Jesus says here is the difference between a wise man or a wise family is the foolish man hears and goes back to his foolish ways doesn't do anything with what he hears. And so you got to want to change. You got to want to live wisely. The wise man hears these words and he puts them into 
practice. I want you to think about your family this way. Now, you guys know I have like a, I have, well, when the summer's over, my kids will be eight, six, and four. <laughs> Took me a minute there. And so there's a lot of like Legos. Any of y'all got Legos around your house or used to? Yeah. I want you to think of your family like this. When the, when the text says, by wisdom a house is built, you know, I thought about the, you know, my, my family, my, my kids, how they like to play and build with Legos. And so the, the imagery this morning is, how are you building your family, your marriage, your relationships? Now listen, some of you, you're rebuilding a family. Maybe you're later on in life, or maybe you've gone through difficulty where you've had family division and splits, and so you're rebuilding a family. The question is, whether you're on day one of your family or year 20 or whatever the circumstances may be, building or rebuilding, what are you building it on? How are you building your family? Are you building it on wisdom? Now we begin to see seven other things in the book of Proverbs. Some of them I'll elaborate on, and some of them I'll be just be very quick. Some of them I'll be very quick on. But it helps us understand this is how you build a family on wisdom. Here's the second thing: wisdom, a wise family, is built on gratitude. Gratitude. Let me give you a couple of Proverbs. Jot these down. Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. No amens? I was, okay, I'll, I'll let you be in trouble, not me, all right? <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Other Proverbs, like Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are a crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers. And we could go on and on about family proverbs that deal with this principle. If you have a family, you have a good thing. Family is a gift. It doesn't say if you have an amazing wife or a superman of a husband. It says if you have a wife, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, if you have a brother, if you have a sister, if you have a family, you have a gift. And, and listen, I'm not naive to think that some of your deepest pain are family wounds. I get that. I know that. And I would never belittle that. But, but I would like to ask you this morning to try to get past some of that pain and see that family is a gift. It doesn't say when family is going well, when the kids are always behaving, when, when family life is peachy, then you have something good. No, you have something good because you have a family. Now, here's the question. Do you show thankfulness for your family? And I bet most of you in the room would say, yeah, I'm thankful for my family. I'm grateful for them. I express that. Do you? Because remember the old kind of saying that you spell love, T-I-M-E? That one of the ways you show that you love and show that you're appreciative is that you spend time with your family. And one of the hardest balances in life is family and all the other demands that we face. Would any of you agree with that? And I, I, I struggle with this in my own life, and I talk to so many other people as a pastor, and, and it's like, Pastor, you don't understand. I love my family. I just don't have a lot of time. I mean, there's work 
and I've got all these demands at work and deadlines and things that have to be turned in, and some weeks I work overtime, and there's just so many demands on me at work. And then when I get home, I, you know, there's projects around the house that I have to do. The yard's got to be mowed, and laundry's got to be done, and there's just things I need to do. And then, you know, there are some shows on TV that I really like to watch on occasionally, you know? And, and so uh, there's certain teams I like to watch and certain uh, home improvement shows that I, I like to watch, you know? And so there's things that I need to do. And then, then all those kids' activities, my goodness, there's soccer and there's baseball and there's dance and there's all these things we got to run to. And then, oh, listen, I got to have my sleep. Listen, if I don't get my sleep, I am cranky. And your spouse says, amen, right? <laughs> But this is what you look like, and you're like, man, I love my family. Man, I'm so grateful for them. Yes, family's a good thing. Proverbs teaches that, but I just don't have time for them. Translation. Here's what this looks like in my office. Pastor, I don't understand. He just told me one day he didn't want to be married anymore. Pastor, I don't, I don't understand, like, just like all of a sudden, my teenager doesn't even want to talk to me. Or, or after the funeral, Pastor, I sure wish I would have said more. Proverbs is saying that if your family is built on wisdom, it's built with gratitude. You're thankful for one another, and you don't just assume that you're thankful, like you actually carve out time to express the gratitude that you have for one another. Wisdom is knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. Learn what to get rid of when you need to get rid of it so that you can express the gratitude that needs to be expressed for your family. Number three, a wise family is that next built on a plan or a direction. Here, here are these Proverbs, like Proverbs 4, uh, 26 through 27. This is, just so you get the context, a father instructing a son. Ponder the path of your feet. Then you always be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Or other Proverbs like Proverbs 14, 16. 14, 16 says, One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. A very common imagery in the book of Proverbs is the idea of a path. And Proverbs calls you, a father to a son, to ponder the path of your feet. Families, where are you going? Do you have any idea? Are you just like kind of bouncing around from one thing to another, having no idea as to the path and direction your family is headed? I mean, so many times our family looks like a pinball game, you know? I mean, literally, we're bouncing everywhere. We have no idea what direction we're headed and what we're trying to accomplish. <clears throat> How many of you know people in your family, or maybe you are one of these people in your family? You're constantly changing jobs because you're never happy. You're in and out of relationships. Your finances are always up and down and up and down and up and down. 
Conviction. You have no conviction, which is why you bounce from church to church to church to church. Proverbs says that's foolish. Have a plan. Know where you're going. Live with intentionality in your marriage. Uh, I came across uh, this weight loss plan that I thought was uh, really helpful. In fact, it sounds like a good plan to be on. Here's how the weight loss plan goes. On Monday, you eat fruit, salad, and run two miles. Can any of you do that? Okay, not so much. On Tuesday, Tuesday the plan is you eat cake, drink milkshakes, and take three naps. I like Tuesday, right? (laughs) Wednesday, you eat vegetables, water, and lift weights. Thursday, you eat cookies, fried foods, and watch eight hours of TV. Friday, you fast. Saturday, you eat three meals out, and they all have to be at a buffet. (laughs) And the name of the weight loss plan was the In Your Dreams Diet. Because all of us understand, no, that's not a plan. It's too unintentional. You're, you're here one day and you're there the next and you have, all of us understand that if you're going to accomplish something valuable, you got to have intentionality to move towards it. And so here's the question right here, right here. Marriages, brothers, sisters, if, if your family keeps going in the direction that it's going, where will you end up? You see, nobody in their family is like, I'm just going to throw this together and throw this together. You'll never get here. You'll never build a house of wisdom if you're just randomly trying to throw things together. What's your plan for finances? What's your plan for your relationships? What's your plan for spirituality in your home? Wisdom says, ponder the path that you're on. Number four, a wise family is built on peace. A wise family is built on peace. Listen to these family Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 19. A brother is offended. That's not like Christian, hey, brother, you know. A brother is offended. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Proverbs eleven twenty eight twenty nine eleven twenty nine 29 says, whoever troubles his own household will inherit, you ready for this inheritance? The wind, nothing. What are these Proverbs pointing us to? Foolish families are always fighting. They're always fighting. They're always bickering. They're always at one another. There's always something to to fight and to quarrel about. Now listen, 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 listen. There will always be conflict in your home because you married a sinner. Newsflash. Okay, when you said, I do, what, the thing you said I do to was a sinner. When you gave birth to children, you gave birth to sinners. That brother, that sibling in your family, they're a sinner. So listen, we're always going to wrestle with sin and that's always going to bring about conflict. Just look at the message a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not saying that there's not healthy conflict. Sometimes it's good to engage in very healthy conflict. That's not what Proverbs is talking about here. Proverbs is teaching that negative conflict, that destructive, distance-creating, immature conflict is dangerous and foolish. 
So if you're going to build your house on wisdom, you want to build a house of peace. That doesn't mean a home that never has an argument. It means that at the foundation of what we're building is peace. I'll give you just some practical, very practical tips from Proverbs on how to do this. Very practical message this morning. Quickly, number one, you might want to jot these down. Be careful what you say. I know you're like, you went to seminary for that? Yeah, I know. It's light bulb, you know, be careful what you say. Because there's proverbs that, that say things like, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Or Proverbs 12, 18, there is one whose rash words, now get this imagery, rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Be careful what you say. Calling names in your family. You're such a... You are a... And coarse language that can fill the tone and the con conversation of your home. Uh, extremes. You never do this. Or you always are like this. Very unhelpful language. I do want to make a, a comment to the teenagers too. It, really, anybody, if your parents are still alive, remember that the Bible calls you to honor your parents. Watch how you speak to them. Be careful what you say. Number two is be careful how much you say. <laughs> this is so appropriate for some of you. It doesn't apply to a preacher, but some to you, yes. Be careful how much you say. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. In other words, some of you would be a lot wiser if you just zip it. You talk too much. You say too much. Now, this is not anti-communication. Like some of you men are like, okay, I'm going to apply this. Never talking again, you know? No. No, it's not what the proverb is talking about, but it is saying certainly when you're in conflict, there's a tendency to always say more than what needs to be said. Like one man said of his wife when they argued, whenever she gets mad, she gets historical. <laughs> not hysterical, historical. Because she starts bringing up everything I did 10 years ago. Da, 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 da. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying too much. Deal with what you need to deal with, but be careful that you do not let your lips say more than is needed to be said. Number three is be careful how you say it. Be careful how you say it. Um, Proverbs 21, 19. Husbands, don't like nudge your wives on this one, okay? Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. It's not always what you say, it's how you say it with a, a loud voice or hopefully never physical contact or you're always interrupting or you, know, you, you just jump in and finish their sentence before they've ever been able to, to, to finish that. My wife does that all the time. Right? Sarcasm. And that's my spiritual gift, man. That's my love language. I mean, Gary Chapman, come on, add it to the book, brother. You know, sarcasm. That's my love language. But for some reason, sometimes my wife doesn't take that as loving. You know, it's not the time to be sarcastic. Can I get an amen? 
So be careful how you say what you say. Last one is be careful where it leads. Be careful where it leads. Proverbs 17, 14 says, the beginning of strife is like letting out water. Now get that imagery. Imagine I've got like a big bucket of water and I just poured it off the stage. Now what would happen to it? It'd start going all over the place. It'd run over here and it'd run over there. And what Proverbs is teaching here is this, be careful because the beginning of strife is like letting out water. So quit the quarrel before it breaks out. In other words, all of a sudden you're in conflict and the in-laws come up and the kids get involved, or, or, or other people get involved that aren't even a part of the issue, and before you know it, you've created other issues rather than bringing peace to the one you originally had. So a wise family builds their home on peace. Anybody challenged yet? Ha. <sighs> feel like I'm going to Minneapolis in five minutes. You know, there's so many things to cover. I got four more and not enough time to go through them. So let me just give them to you very quickly and you jot them down, okay? Here's the other four from Proverbs as I've seen it in, in what I've studied. Uh, number five would be a wise family is built on instruction or you could put correction. A wise family is built on instruction or correction. Um, Proverbs like Proverbs 6, 20 through 21. Proverbs 6, 20 through 21. My son, keep your father's commandments and, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. Or Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Anybody got that family member? They're never wrong. Ever. You can't tell them anything. They don't listen. They're stubborn. Don't point, okay? <laughs> and Proverbs is saying, listen, one of the things that you're going to discover in family is that you are instructed and corrected. And sometimes being corrected by a family member is the last thing you want. But it is how God is conforming you to the image of Christ. Wisdom embraces correction, loving correction and instruction. Teenagers, yeah, don't forsake the instruction and teaching of your family. Number six is the wise family is built on forgiveness. The wise family is built on forgiveness. So you've got Proverbs like Proverbs 10, 12. Proverbs 10, 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Love covers all offenses. Wise families are committed to forgiveness. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have been hurt by a family member? Deeply hurt. And again, I, I'll never belittle that in your life. But what does the Bible say? We are, to, we are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven us. Forgiveness, biblically, is not an option. It's a requirement of someone who understands the depths to which they have been forgiven. And yes, there will be consequences in the relationship. Forgiveness is not anti-consequence. Just look at the cross. But forgiveness is a foundation of which wise families are built on. Number seven is a wise family is built on commitment. Commitment. 
Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A brother is born for adversities. Wise families carry one another through the hardest of times. Foolish families fall apart when adversity and difficulty come. And many of you have experienced that, haven't you? Where your family has stuck together through thick and thin, and that's wisdom. And then lastly, a wise family is built on laughter. A wise family is built on laughter. That's why I love a faith family that laughs. You know how much I enjoy this back and forth with you every week as we laugh and we learn? It's good. Laughter, Proverbs says, 17.22, a joyful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Some of you need to learn to laugh. You really do need to loosen up and laugh a little bit and enjoy life. Life is a vapor, the Bible says, so enjoy it. Laugh. Be creating opportunities in your family where you can just have fun and laugh. That's wisdom. Now, let me close with this thought, okay? I have just a couple minutes left, and I would like to make a motion for 30 more, but (laughs) I don't know how that vote would go. So, come in here close for just a minute. What, What you might say at this point is this feels like a lot of do's and don'ts. You know, do this, don't do that, be wise, don't be foolish. And there is a reality of Christianity that is about works. I mean, read the book of James. Faith without works is what? Dead. However, I want you to know that all of these things that we've just looked out flow out of grace. And here's why. This is so good. You got to get this. If you forget the other points, get this. Wisdom in the book of Proverbs is personified, meaning wisdom walks and talks. And why is that? Why is wisdom in the book of Proverbs often seen in a personified way? It's because this, wisdom is not ultimately a principle to do. Wisdom is a person to follow. Or let me say it this way, wisdom's not a what, wisdom is a who. Listen to what the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 says. This is great. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us what? Wisdom from God. In other words, All these principles that we've just looked at and many more, look at me, they grow out of a personal relationship with wisdom, namely Jesus. And so in order to build this home on wisdom, we've got to be building our life on Christ. And as we see him in the gospel, and as we see him in the cross and the resurrection, and as we see him in the grace that we have received from him, we will want our family to be based on wisdom. I'll say this in close. When we see Jesus walking the path of Calvary, you better believe we're going to want our family to walk the path of wisdom. When we see in Jesus taking correction on the cross, though he had committed no sin, we will be completely willing in our families to receive correction. I mean, if he took my ultimate correction, why couldn't I take correction from my wife, my kids? 
or when we see Jesus being reviled, but he doesn't revile in return, we're going to say, I want my family to be like that. I want that peace here. When we see Jesus forgiving the most unlikely of sinners, we're going to say, I want that forgiveness to be at the center of my home. Do you see? It's about a person, not just a principle. But as we grow in the person, these principles will be an outflow of that, and it will change our family. So I leave you this morning by saying, how are you building your family? What are you building your marriage, your sibling relationships on? Is it a home of wisdom or is it a home of fools? Because Jesus said, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's pray. Lord, I do ask that uh, we have been challenged this morning by your word. It's a lot to take in, I know, a lot, of, a lot of information. But Lord, I trust that your spirit has brought conviction. Ultimately, aim our lives at the person of wisdom, Jesus Christ, who became for us wisdom. That as we grow in him, our families would be built on wisdom. And there's a lot of foolish examples Uh, all around us. So help us in this room commit this day, as we saw in Proverbs 24, to build our home on the wisdom that you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen.